episode 839. As injuries crop up, it's next man up for the Green Bay Packers. To discuss those injuries and how the Packers are dealing with them, we talked to Jim Widener of Last Word on Sports. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about Packers training camp. To do that, we're joined by a guest today. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're talking to Jim Widener of Last Word on Sports. Jim, how you doing this morning? Good, Brian. How you doing? Thanks for having me on today. You bet. We're glad to have you on the show. And, and Jim, some of our listeners might remember you as the writer that interviewed Coach Ben Club, who contributes to Pack to the Future and who previously appeared on our show. Can you tell us about your role at Last Word on Sports? Well, I've been writing for Last Word on Sports as a contributor to the Packers section for the last 10 months. Uh, before that, I, I was the uh, contributor for the Packers on the FantasyGreek.com for three years. And then uh, that led into the Last Word on Sports uh, opportunity where I've been covering the Packers for the last 10 months. And, yeah, it was, it was fun interviewing Ben. He's, uh, he's very uh, passionate about football especially Packer football, so it was a a fun uh, interview with him. Absolutely. Well, we got a lot to cover today about the Green Bay Packers and what's going on at training camp, but first, let's take one last look back at the Packers' first preseason game. Uh, What, Jim, was your biggest takeaway from that game? Well, I think the biggest positive I saw out of it, you know, it's hard to take a lot of – uh, hard concrete positives and negatives when it comes to especially the first preseason uh, game of the year. I thought Trevor Davis in, in the punt return. I, I think uh, he returned one punt for a touchdown, another uh, uh, that was for, what, 26, 29 yards. So I think that's a positive that they might have found somebody that's not named Randall Cobb ready to return punts. Uh, defensively, Still some questions, and it's hard to, again, it's hard to put into to words or to, to make a focus on, you know, after just one preseason action, how the defense is going to perform this year. But, again, you know, with injuries, too, that uh, Demarius Randall leaving with a, a concussion, Malachi Dupree leaving with a concussion, uh, I, I think, oh, and Don Barclay falling to uh, an ankle injury, I think, uh, again, that's, Never a good thing, and it seems like the Packers have been bitten by the injury bug the last uh, past couple seasons, and it's not good. But really, I think the special team effort, Brent Hundley had a, a, a nice touchdown throw to Jeff Janis. Uh, Jeff Janis under the microscope for the Packers probably for the last two to three years, hoping uh, fans hoping that he would finally reach his potential. Uh, so really what I got out of it is uh, positives out of the special teams. Uh, Mason Crosby uh, converting on his field goal attempts uh, after uh, a horrible family night scrimmage. So, no, it's uh, that's pretty much what I took out of it. Good to see Trevor Davis uh, return and punt and, and uh, injuries again. Yeah, a good performance all around from the special teams. 
that day uh, in the first preseason game as we kind of wrap that up and move on to what's been going on during training camp and practice here, Jim. Uh, we've got a lot of questions about the health of the players uh, as on Tuesday, Mike McCarthy ruled out four players for the second preseason game this weekend, including those with concussions that you already alluded to, Demarius Randall and Malachi Dupree. How much does missing this time hurt them as they, you know, are in the battle for jobs right now? Well, I think it hurts, especially after, let's take Randall, for instance, uh, Demarius Randall. He's coming off a pretty, uh, let's just say, a poor season. Um, with, and he did deal with a groin injury last year. But probably, especially the fact that he's playing that, I think they call it the star position, which is uh, uh, covering the slots now. You want to see him get some action. I mean, obviously, as a they really call the star position a, a starting position now in the NFL because of so many different four, five wideouts that you see in the NFL. You, you would like to see him uh, have some playing time in the preseason to to get going, and especially after the down season last year. So yeah, I think that it does hurt. Now for Malachi, Malachi Dupree, it hurts because he's battling to try to make a trying to earn a, a 53-man roster spot. So. Yeah, I think you, you want to get uh, even your starters some playing time, not so Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, but, yeah, it, it hurts that you don't have your guys, you know, even seeing a little bit of time in the preseason, and especially guys who are on the fringe like Malachi Dupree. Yeah, that's that's not good at all to, to not be able to be out there and, and get some uh, live action. So, yeah, it, it does hurt that the amount of time or hurts these players from, you know, getting up to speed. Difficult situation for these young guys, and they're not alone. Rookie Vince Beagle has also been ruled out. Uh, he can just remains on the pup list for the time being. Jim, do, do you think he'll be able to make any meaningful contribution this season now after missing so much time, missing the off-season program, the OTAs, the mini camp, and now the early stages of training camp? No, I think it's a great question, and, and I just don't see it happening. I mean, this is – I know it's early, but the fact that he battled this injury while he was at Wisconsin last season, um, no, it's going to be very hard for him to be a contributor. Uh, the most you're probably going to look at is on special teams if he is. I can't see him being, you know, jumping into it on as a as the, in an outside – linebacker position trying to learn the speed and things like that i think it's going to be a very difficult and uphill battle for him to do that so at at best you're going to look at maybe he can contribute on special teams once he's healthy but you know and the problem is too is the packers i know coach mccarthy has said that they're really deep at outside linebacker but i just don't see it personally i think that after matthews and and perry i think it's a drop-off you know back row is he didn't do much in his rookie season last year. Um, uh, you, you just, I just don't see back to Beagle. I just don't see him contributing after, especially a foot injury, where pass rushers depend so much on that. So to me, that's it's going to be very hard for him to be a contributor. And if so, it's gonna if he does, he'll be probably just on special teams. Yeah, that might be the position with the least depth on the Packers roster. We're talking to Jim Widener of Last Word on Sports here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Jim, Ty Montgomery missed practice on Tuesday, and while he says it's not serious, 
do you think this is an opportunity to give some of the rookies a bigger workload for nothing else than to get them some experience? Oh, I think so, especially Jamal Williams. I think that's going to be the biggest are, are the person that's going to probably uh, benefit the most from uh, Montgomery maybe missing some time. Williams actually looked good in the first, uh, you know, he only, I think it was four carries for 14 yards, but not many other Packers had any uh, success on uh, the first game against the Eagles in the preseason action. Uh, I'd be interested to see what Williams does. And I think McCarthy's going to start uh, running the ball a little bit more, trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be Montgomery's backup. Uh, you know, people have talked about Williams pushing Montgomery for playing time. I don't know if I see that. Maybe uh, down, you know, as the season progresses. But yeah, I think it's a great opportunity, especially for Jamal Williams, to see, uh, you know, what type of back they have in him, and if he can one back up Montgomery, and two maybe even split some carries with him. Uh, rookie safety Josh Jones left Tuesday's practice with an injury. So, Jim, I'm just wondering, what's been your impressions of him prior to this latest setback? Well, that hurts. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know how severe it is, but I read that yesterday that he went out, he was turned off. And, and I'm excited to see him be part of that nitro package, as Don Seifers cleverly calls it, um, uh, how he fits into that and, and where his uh, – you know, the fact that they're moving away from the big, bulky linebackers and actually doing what the Arizona Cardinals and several other teams have done in the NFL and, and put, like, almost a, a oversized safety at linebacker to get some quickness and also coverage ability. I think Jones is going to bring a lot to this Packers defense this year. Um, between him and Burnett, if Burnett they put back at safety and let Jones play the linebacker position or the other way around. It's definitely, hopefully that injury isn't going to be a long-lasting injury to Jones because I think that the Packers are going to depend on him, and I think that he's going to bring a lot to this defense and and give the ability to change out and give some different personnel looks. So I'm excited to see. Hopefully the injury isn't too too severe. Yeah, we don't really know the severity yet, so it's possible that this is relatively minor here, and hopefully it is. Uh, but sticking in the secondary here, Jim, maybe it partially has to do with all the injuries the Packers have suffered in the in the defensive backfield. But Josh Hawkins got some time with the first string defense reportedly on Tuesday, and and coaches spoke of him getting more opportunities in their press conferences. Do you think he has what it takes to play with the starters? Yeah, uh, I, I from the the small tidbit we saw of him throughout the. I, I, last season, I would be hard-pressed to say that he's going to see some time. I mean, I think Josh is in for a battle just to make a roster, to get a roster spot. Um, Kevin King, Devon, uh, Devon House, uh, Randall, if he's healthy, and then you got Quentin Rollins. And don't forget about Ladarius Gunter, who, who you know, stepped up last year when they needed him the most. I think it's an uphill battle just for Hawkins to even make the roster. I don't see this. I mean, that's great that he got the number one reps you know, he might be some uh, fringe player that makes the Packers 53-man roster as a special teamer. Uh, he's got to beat up Dimitri Goodson when Goodson gets healthy to do that. I think right now you're looking at House, Rollins, Randall, and even Gunter uh, above him. It's, it's going to be an uphill battle for him. Yeah, I think it is going to be an uphill battle. Um Jim, last question. Uh, your most recent article published at Last Word on Sports was titled 
Green Bay Packers defense will determine how far they go this season. Uh, can you give our listeners the gist of that article? Well, sure. I mean, it's, it's not a bold statement to say this. I mean, it's obviously Aaron Rodgers takes this team as far as they can. They're not asking Don Capers and the Packers to do a whole lot. I mean, if you get middle-of-the-road defense, that's all the Packers need really at this point. But they've been, I think, you know, if you look at the overall rankings in the bottom part of the NFL, and especially in pass defense, and in, in the article I wrote, it's kind of interesting if you, you listen to the Packers fans and read what they put on message boards, which is always interesting. It, it's split between they blame Thompson for the lack of personnel that they've given the defense, or they blame Capers himself, which there's also a third person you can blame, that's McCarthy, because he's the one that actually keeps bringing back Capers. It's hard to do. I mean, uh, it's a the 3-4 defense, as Coach Club talked about in, in my article, is he, you know, one of the most integral defenses in the NFL, and it's really a veteran uh, needed defense. And Caper or uh, Thompson keeps bringing Capers uh, more younger and younger players. So, so, really, what the article goes over is the fact that you know whoever's to blame, it's got to stop, and they just got to work with what they have. If this Thompson needs to bring in a little more uh, experienced personnel, or Capers just has to do what he needs to do with what he's got. It's time for the defense to stand up. Stand up, and if if they don't, again, we're going to be talking in the off season and complaining about the Packers' either lack of personnel moves or Capers not getting the job done. So it's really up to the defense to finally hold their weight and do what the offense has been doing and, and you know, carry your weight a little bit and try to get the, this team back to the Super Bowl. Sounds good to me. Jim, uh, great conversation this morning. We're glad to have you on the show. Keep up the good work at Last Word on Sports. We'll try to send our listeners over there to check out your work, and uh, we'll talk to you later, all right? Hey, thanks, Brian. You guys have a great day, and thanks for having me on. You bet. Jim Widener of Last Word on Sports joining us here at Rail Bird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? All right. So uh, we went over some of this with Jim Widener, but four players were ruled out for Saturday's game against the the Washington uh, race, uh, racial slurs um, <laughs> uh, in the second preseason game. Um, but uh, so we, we've got ruled out already Demarius Randall and Malachi Dupree with concussions. We've got Don Barclay ruled out with his ankle injury and Vince Beagle with the uh, continuing to be out with the foot injury on the pup list. Uh, in it, well, I, Mike McCarthy never addressed Dimitri Goodson, who's also on the pup list. Who knows? Maybe he could come back. Um, but he's only, you know, commented about who he was asked about. Uh, but once again, you know, I think we can expect Lucas Patrick to get expensive, extensive playing time at center with the second string for the Packers. But, but in other injury news, ones we haven't really mentioned yet in our interview, um, safety Jermaine Whitehead dropped out of practice with an unspecified injury on Tuesday. And rookie wide receiver D'Angelo Yancey didn't practice at all, uh, reportedly due to a groin injury. Yancey was the team's leading receiver coming out of the first preseason game. And that's where I want to spend most of my commentary today 
on the wide receiver position uh, where the Packers have quite a battle going on. There are a lot of talented wide receivers, and like last year, there's a good chance the Packers could keep an NFL high seven of them on their 53-man roster at least to open the season. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the top trio of wide receivers, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams. Are they perfect wide receivers? No. Uh, But they're locks for the roster, and any questions they have to answer is a whole lot less than the guys further down the depth chart. Maybe just briefly, you know, Nelson has to defy age to continue playing at an elite level. He's already defied the injury he had last year. Now it's just a matter of when does age catch up to him. And you hope it's not this year as the Packers are still counting rather heavily upon him. Uh, and, and they haven't, you know, kind of made the the moves to maybe replace their number one wide receiver as of late. We'll see if anyone emerges that can can be that guy. Randall Cobb has to stay healthy in order to pick up where he left off in the postseason last year. And, and Devontae Adams has to maintain some consistency and show a little bit more red zone playmaking ability that I saw in college but haven't really seen those those amazing catches in the red zone, in the end zone, yet in the pros. Um, but really, you know, it, it's it's from the number four wide receiver spot onward where there's the biggest question marks. You know, the guy that held that spot last year, the number four wide receiver spot, at least late in the year, was Geronimo Allison, who, who might be considered a jack-of-all-trades but master of none. Um, he, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest wide receiver around, but he did better than anybody anticipated last year, making the most of his opportunities and gaining the trust of Aaron Rodgers. And he has to keep that up. And that, that can't be understated. You know, when you gain the trust of Aaron Rodgers, I I mean, that put, gives you a leg up on a lot of people. Uh, he, Geronimo Allison dropped a pass in the preseason opener, and you don't like to see that. But he also hauled in a pass or two. That was exactly what you wanted to see. Uh, But he's got guys breathing down his neck in this battle uh, at the wide receiver position. Perhaps the player that's elevated him more than anybody else has been Trevor Davis, who scored, you know, the touchdown via punt return in the game against Philadelphia and put his speed on full display, that's his best trait is his flat-out speed and something the Packers desperately need, someone that can stretch the field. They don't really have that among their first three wide receivers, that that guy who can just run a go-route and run by everybody else. Uh, But but unfortunately, Davis, you know, he's shown the speed on returns, but hasn't shown to be a consistent receiver on offense yet. You know, he also dropped a pass in the first preseason game, um, but did great on special teams. You know, the the biggest question mark the Packers might have, you know, when they cut down the roster here, can they keep two receivers whose biggest contributions are on special teams? Because like Davis, Jeff Janis is another receiver who we know can play on special teams, 
but is inconsistent on offense, particularly his hands in catching the football, as we saw on family night. Now, there's no doubt about it. He's an athlete, uh, and and he showed a nice move and showed as much speed as anyone in that first preseason game when Brett Hundley put the ball right on the money for Janice in the end zone. But but that's what I'm worried about with Janice. Unless the ball is right on the money, I'm not sure he can consistently adjust to passes that are slightly off the mark. But he's a good coverage guy on special teams, both kicks and punts. And, and I like the fact that he's a stronger, bigger kick returner than Trevor Davis. Sometimes that's needed. Davis is definitely the best punt return option, no doubt about it. But Janice might be the better kick returner. The jury's still out on that. I'm not willing to go all in on that yet. Janice is the bigger, stronger guy and and still pretty fast. Trevor Davis, faster, but, you know, maybe not quite as strong, more fumble prone perhaps. Um, You you know, I want to see those guys both get opportunities during the rest of the preseason, returning kicks, kickoffs. Um, I, Trevor Davis is the guy in punts. We don't don't need to argue about that. What then? Then then we've got the rookies here, each of whom is currently out with injury. Malachi Dupree seemed to exceed expectations during the off season and the early parts of training camp, but but now his concussions ha- have been or one concussion has been a setback. And it really depends how long he's out. If he misses one more game, it's probably not a big deal. But if he misses more than that, it might be tough for him to make the roster, depending on how severe this concussion is. And then there's D'Angelo Yancey, uh, who only recently had this setback with the groin injury. And while maybe he isn't as athletically gifted as Dupree, he does seem like one of those reliable receivers to me, someone that you can trust to throw the ball to and and acquitted himself well in the first preseason game too. And and that brings us now to Max McCaffrey, brother of Christian McCaffrey, whose presence this training camp has been undeniable uh, for a guy that might be currently or, you know, if you were to count him the eighth or ninth best wide receiver right now, He sure is doing everything you want him to. I certainly feel as if McCaffrey, if he, I certainly feel as if he's an NFL caliber player. You just wonder if he's a casualty of depth and depth alone. You know, you can probably justify seven wide receivers on the roster, but I'm not sure about eight or more. And so that's just going to be difficult for him there. But remember, you know, the Packers, they elevated him to the 53-man roster for the playoffs last year. He was on the inactive list, as as they have to have seven guys inactive every game. But, you know, he was that person, um, and that was nice to see. Then you've got the undrafted rookies like Michael Clark, who's also exceeded expectations for a guy that was a former basketball player and has only one year of college football experience, he too has ex- exceeded, you know, above what anyone expected. I-, I think his relative lack of experience will prevent him from making the 53-man roster, but I think the Packers can easily keep him around on the practice squad because his height and his catch radius are skills 
you want to develop. And, you know, you can see him easily being the part of a 53-man roster. I'm just not sure if it's going to happen right away. And there is the risk if you cut him, another team might want to grab him because of how well he's performed. Um, You know, there's only so much you can do. Finally, there's Monte Crockett, who just got himself profiled by Packers News. Uh, You know, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, you know, USA Today Network uh, in the past 24 hours. He's got speed, if nothing else, and he certainly hasn't done anything to embarrass himself uh, despite coming from an option offense in college. And, and you know, I'll I'll end my thoughts with this, which is, is something to keep in mind. Remember that Geronimo Allison is suspended one game to start the regular season. So in essence he technically won't count against the 53-man roster. They they can technically keep 54 for that one week while Allison is suspended. And I could see the Packers keeping seven wide receivers for week one, not including Allison. So if you do include him, that would be eight. And then they have to make a roster move following week one. You know, if there's an injury, the move is simple. Allison could take the place of whoever is injured. If that's not the case, however, the Packers might have to part ways with one of them. That might be Allison, or it might be Jeff Janis, or it might be one of the rookies they hope to sign back to the practice squad. I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's that's That is an extremely difficult position for the Green Bay Packers. And if you're cutting one of them, you know, you're exposing them to waivers and you don't know if you're going to get them back, even if you want to put them on the practice squad. Another option they have is simply trading one of them. If there's one, you know, trades are not common, but they're not, you know, terribly unusual, especially at this time of year as well. You see a lot of it during the final roster cutdowns, or a handful, I should say. And if there's one position where the Packers could afford to make a move, it's at the wide receiver position where they could, you know, trade somebody. They could trade. Uh, I'm not sure Geronimo Allison is going to be too attractive because of the suspension. Maybe a team is willing to look over that because it's only one game. Him, Jeff Janis, Max McCaffrey. Maybe one out of the two rookies you could trade. You know, I get, I, I'm not saying it's it's going to happen. I'm saying it's a possibility. If there's anywhere it could happen, it's I suppose it's as good a place as any uh, with with the the depth that they've stacked at that roster. So um, at that position. So there you go. There's my thoughts on the wide receiver position and the place I wanted to spend my most time today uh, discussing and, and getting that out there. The day ahead. All right. It's the final day of practice open to the public this week. Practice starts on Wednesday, a half hour earlier than it did on Tuesday, so keep that in mind. It starts at 11.45 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday at Ray Nitschke Field, and that will be preceded by Mike McCarthy's pre-practice press conference at 10.15 a.m. Central Time to be streamed live on Packers.com. For those traveling to training camp on Wednesday, there's also a special tour of Lambeau Field with former safety Leroy Butler, for which tickets are still available at Packers.com. You can buy them there or probably in person. 
Uh, so that's something to do if you're looking for a memorable training camp experience. But that's it as far as practice goes prior to the second preseason game against Washington. There's only a press conference on Thursday, no practice at all, and then there's a closed-door practice on Friday, the day before a game, which is typical for the Packers for you know this now the second year uh, they've been doing that. And then this also will be our last episode before the preseason game at Washington. Work is going to prevent me from doing a show on Friday this week. That's just the way it is. Not my choice. But we'll be back again on Monday to react to the game and wrap it up so you can expect that. Uh, So uh, enjoy the game, folks. Enjoy your weekend. I won't talk to you for about five more days now. So we'll see you later, folks. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8:30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caravu. Uh, I leave you today with a song called "Women Wine and Song" by Umphreys McGee on Sci Fidelity Records. See you later. Go pack. Go.